Greetings. We are glad that you are taking the time to be with us today for another episode in our series, Wednesday Evening Sermons. Today's message was presented on Wednesday evening, December 11, 2019, by Deacon Brianna Morris-Brock, and is entitled, It's a Wonderful Life. The readings for this message can be read from the book of Job, chapter 37, verses 14 through 24. Please listen now as we join Deacon Bree for the message. Um, if you didn't know this, which you probably do already, but Job is actually my favorite book in the Bible. Um, I think I've mentioned that I took a BuzzFeed quiz once and it said that my life was most like the book of Job, so it kind of endeared itself to me at that moment in time, but I actually think that the entire story is maybe um, one of the most relatable ones in the modern age. I should mention that Job um, is not intended by its writers to be a work of history, and the characters in the story really work at answering the age-old question of what is even the point of God if bad things still happen to good and faithful people. So if you're not familiar with the story of Job, Job is actually kind of a super big deal. Um, he is not only incredibly wealthy, but he kind of has like the perfect family. His kids are all incredibly high achieving. They're kind of partiers, but like, you know, they're young, so that's kind of just how young people are. He's also a super renowned judge. Everybody knows that he's fair and he's wise and he's really consistent and his faith is unparalleled and an example to everyone else in the community. How could it not be so amazing, right? He has so much. He would be, he is truly blessed in his life. But like all of us, no matter how much money or education or renowned or anything that we accumulate, Job realizes that life is not always perfect and he gets hit by really hard times. He experiences the loss of his children. He experiences divorce. He experiences financial hardship. He experiences his friends saying really, really unhelpful things in his time of need. He experiences his own fragility through a chronic illness. And he experiences depression and ultimately loneliness. The piece of text that we read tonight is actually from the part of the story where Job's faith act finally breaks and he gets so mad at God. Through all of the loss that I mentioned before, Job actually remains really solid in his faith. Right? He keeps saying, no, God loves me. No, I love God. I have done all things right. God will take care of me. I have done all things right. God will take care of me. But finally, enough is enough, and Job breaks down and points one very angry finger up at the sky and says, what the heck? <laughs> I have done everything right. I have done nothing but be completely faithful and all the things that I'm supposed to do, and this is how you repay me, God? What's really great is that for the first time in the story, God actually shows up in a conversation to have a back and forth with Job. But 
he responds in two ways, one of which is kind of really helpful and the other is not helpful at all. The unhelpful thing that God says is, well, it's really not all about you, Job. The whole universe does, in fact, not revolve around you and your needs. In fact, I, as God, consider the needs of all the strings and all the little knobs that need to be tuned in order for life to be sustained and created, and you are a small part of that. The other way that God responds is actually kind of neat. (laughs) He sort of responds with some cool science lessons. God asked Job if he knows how to balance the clouds in the sky or how to make the wind flow in which directions. Does Job know how lightning is made or why the sun rises? And while we know all the answers to all those questions now, because we have like the weather channel and, uh, you know, first grade science and why the sky is blue and all that kind of stuff, Job did not. Those questions sparked curiosity in Job. This poem of God putting Job in his place goes on and on, revealing more and more things in the world that seem to just induce more chaos in Job's life. But the point is kind of ultimately made, which is that while they seem chaotic to Job, they are not chaotic to God. Unfortunately, Job does not walk away from this uh, conversation with a PhD in astrophysics or meteorology. But what he does walk away with is a sense of wonder for and with God. And we know that wonder can mean two things, right? It can spark curiosity, like I wonder why, but it can also be a sense of awe to to stare in wonder at something. And it might seem like God is brushing off Job, and sometimes I think it feels like God is brushing off us in our frustration. What God is also doing is inviting Job to ask some really, really good questions. God is actually inviting Job into the why. Why doesn't our faith in God or our accomplishments protect us from bad things happening to us? Why does God care about all the other things and for all the other people besides just us? And then maybe the last question, and how does the universe work? And then what is my place in that universe? God inspires wonder in Job. A curiosity to ask really great questions, an ability to stand back and say, wow, and have appreciation for all the intricacies of the universe, not just our own lives. And that's when we can really see the beauty shine through, maybe even the most unexpected places. My favorite, favorite, favorite part of this story, though, is actually the ending, because Job rebuilds his life after this conversation. He gets remarried. He has more children. He goes back to work, and he becomes healthy again. But he is changed while things return to normal, which is what good questions force us to do, right? He knows now that ultimately everything he builds is fragile, but that makes everything more precious and more valuable. 
Job was shown chaos and destruction in his life, and he was painfully made aware that everything that we build for ourselves can fall down, and yet he decides to rebuild again. God did not leave him in his anger. He actually met him in it and then sparked curiosity in Job, an appreciation for creation and its wholeness, not just Job's own life. So in Advent, we're in this season of waiting, the season of darkness and in, in cold, and it's time for us to get really comfortable with fragility. And it's time for us to wonder where God will show up, not as a powerful politician or someone with a ton of money to just fix all the wrong in the world, but God shows up as a small baby, dependent and poor and needing to be cared for. It's time for us to take a step back and marvel at all the thing that, things that God cares for, not just our own personal ease or our own personal comfort, but for the whole world of creation, for our neighbors, for those who also suffer, for those who are celebrating, for the cows in the field, for endangered species, and for the clouds in the sky and all the planets and the stars that we don't even know exist yet. God has made all these things, including you. God is wonderful, and it is the season for us to fill ourselves with wonder also. So tonight, uh, you may have noticed the cards. We're going to sing our prayer first, and then what you're going to do is you're going to find an image that maybe sparks some wonder in you, and you're going to find one person and share that image. First, we're going to sing, then we're going to find cards. I just wanted to answer the question of why there are pictures up here. So maybe think about some questions that God is creating in you while we sing. Thank you for listening to our message today. We are Triumphant Love Lutheran Church and are affiliated with the Southwest Texas Synod of the Evangelical Lutheran Church of America. We are located in Austin, Texas. You can follow us on our website, www.tllc.org. We look forward to you seeking us out as our podcasts progress and further episodes are added. You have a great day, and may the Lord be with you.